The last class of my old professor's life took place once a week in his house by a window in the study where he could watch a small hibiscus plant shed its pink leaves. The class met on Tuesdays. It began after breakfast. The subject was the meaning of life. It was taught from experience. No books were required, yet many topics were covered, including love, work, community, family, aging, forgiveness, and finally, death. The last lecture was brief, only a few words. A funeral was held in lieu of graduation. The last class of my old professor's life had only one student. I was the student. There's a difference between happiness and joy and basic satisfaction in living. You're happy you got a new car. You're happy because you're going on a vacation. These are short-lived experiences which are nice, but it's not that basic condition in which you find deep satisfaction in living. Hello and happy holidays. I am Mitch Album, and you're listening to Tuesday People, podcast-based on my time with Maury Schwartz and what ultimately became Tuesdays with Maury, a book about what's really important in life once you know you're going to die, as Maury, who was afflicted with ALS, did know. And that was his voice that you just heard there, talking about something that's really pertinent, I think, at this time of the year for the holidays. And we're going to talk today about the battles over the holidays and how to avoid them, how to win them, how to shy away from them, because although it's supposed to be a time of peace on earth and goodwill towards men, in actuality here in America, there's a lot of confrontation and depression and issues that go on at holiday time. And we're going to talk today about how to kind of keep your focus on what's really important and maybe avoid some of those battles. Alongside me, as always, is our producer extraordinaire, my friend, Lisa Goich. Happy holidays, Lisa. Happy, happy, merry, merry, Mitch and Tuesday people. And let's, let's start by asking a question to put some things into perspective. So Lisa, if you and everyone who's listening to us, you could get on Santa's knee, because we were talking about going and seeing Santa Claus just before we started the uh, podcast. Not that we were planning on doing it. We were just telling a story about it. <laughs> what time are you going? <laughs> I've got a one o'clock. But I have a new dress. We all remember that from our childhood. And standing in line for Santa Claus, you had very specific toys in mind. You never went up with a generality, right? It's amazing how you were so clear as a kid as to what you wanted for Christmas, right? I mean, it was yeah. uh, an air blaster, yo-yo, uh, uh, Monopoly set. You had and not not you had the brand name, you had the model number. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and you see kids on Santa's even today. And I don't want the deluxe. I want the you know, I don't I don't want right. the old model seven. I don't want the C three PO from a long time ago. So now, if you could get on Santa's lap today as an adult with the actual desire to ask for something and the belief that you would get it at Christmas, get it for the holidays, what would you actually ask for? You're on Santa's knee. He says, ho, 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 young Lisa. (laughs) What can I get for you for Christmas to make you happy? What would it be? Hmm. 
I would say, first of all, Santa, am I smashing your leg? (laughs) I would be so self-conscious that somehow I was hurting Santa by sitting on his lap. Okay, so once we establish that Santa has knees of iron, okay, you're not going to hurt him. Oh, geez, I don't know what I would ask for. That's a hard one, really. Oh, it's an easy one for me. What would you ask for, Mitch? Health, right off the bat. Health? Health for everybody Uh in, in my circle. First and foremost, beyond anything else, health for everybody who who I loved and cared about. Then if he said, well, okay, what else is on your list? Then I would ask for harmony in some way, both on a national level and internally, so that for the country and the you know, place where I live, that there mm-hmm. wasn't it what we weren't living in a divided time and internally I had contentment. Now these are two things that have nothing to do with possessions and have nothing to do with anything you can buy. So right off the bat, we realize if you got Santa's knee and the things that you're asking for are not buyable, then why are we spending so much time at the holidays buying stuff? Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, You've got no issue with visibility or anything. No, everything's PG. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. 510 is declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I have in front of me here uh, an article from the Huffington Post from a couple years back about the six most common arguments that couples have around the holidays. I thought, well, what, why are people fighting at the holidays? What are they fighting over? So number one, fighting at the in-laws. Because I don't want to go to your family, I don't want to go to your family, or your mother does this to me, or whatever. Okay, got nothing to do with what we said we wanted for Christmas, right? A sense of contentment, a sense of lazy gift giving. People fight over lazy gift giving. Oh, so so you went out and you bought something at CVS last night at ten o'clock at night because it's the only place that was still open on Christmas Eve. That's what you get me, or you didn't put any thought into your gift. There's not enough thought. I, I made a I made a personalized mural of photos <laughs> from us for the last twenty years and and put it in a gold frame and memories. And, and you went out and got me a scarf. And people well, fight you know, over have, the balance. Yeah, I do have to say though. Can I stop one really quick thing? <laughs> Yes. Sometimes that does happen. Oh, and it, one it really year, happens. Yeah, one year I bought my husband a MacBook Air, okay? And do you know what he bought me? I opened my box. I got excited. I thought, oh, this could be something like, I don't know what. I don't know what I was expecting. It was one of those champion, the brand, champion, yeah. like the things you put around your waist so you can sweat and it makes your stomach smaller. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm not kidding. That's yeah. all I got. That's I got him good. a MacBook Air. He bought me this sweating stomach thing. <laughs> How, how'd that Christmas and go? That was not a good Christmas. That yeah. was not a Christmas of happiness, Santa. No. <laughs> or contentment. 
Yeah. Well, okay. It was. So clearly, yeah, lazy gift giving is something that you have an argument over and something that causes unhappiness at the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three on this list, overspending. All right. Now, that's the other way. He, he could have gotten mad at you. What are you buying in yeah. MacBook Air? I can't keep up with that. Or how much money you end up spending on other members of the family. People start fighting over how much money are we going to dish out here this year? Why, why do we have to get your sister that thing? Then we get your sister that. We got to get your brother that. We got to get my brother-in-law that. We got to get that. We're spending too much money. I don't want to be cheap. I don't want to look bad in, in front of my family. People start fighting over how much they are spending on possessions, on tangible gifts, which we have already established. If we got <laughs> to Santa's knee, we would not actually be asking for, but we're spending our time on it, right? Right. And what's silly to me all the time, I say this every single year, okay, I spend $50 on you and you spend $50 on me. It's a wash. Why didn't we just go out and buy ourselves something that <laughs> For $50. Us? The know. idea is to get somebody something that shows that you have put thought into it. And, yes, yes. Uh, and and, you, and you've, you haven't just bought something that was the first thing by the counter because you were in a hurry to get out. You found something exactly. specific for that person. Of course, sometimes people are very particular about their taste. And so you think you're buying something that works for that person and they don't like it and they misinterpret it and they say, you know, I don't like, but this person doesn't know me at all. I mean, if, if that's all they think of me or that's what they would get from me, boy, I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. And so you end up being let down, which is number four on this list, let down expectations. There apparently is a reason for uptick in divorce filings in January. I didn't know that there was a case, but there is an uptick in divorce filings in January uh, because people get heated over the holidays, scheduling, spending, high expectations, and then it's not as much fun as they thought it was going to be, or the holidays become a big letdown. And I can't tell you how many times I, I hear people come out of the holiday season and they say, oh, I'm just so glad that's over. I'm just so glad Christmas is over. I'm just so glad Hanukkah season is over. I'm just so glad the whole New Year's thing is over. That New Year's party, the expectations of going to New Year's party, it's supposed to have so much fun on New Year's. I'm just so glad it's over. But think about that. If we're entering into this thing every year willingly and we're coming out of it saying, I'm just so glad it's over, then we're doing something <laughs> right. wrong, right? You shouldn't have let down expectations for the holidays because maybe your expectations at the holidays are wrong. Why? Back to the Santa's knee example. Because what you would really ask for from on Santa's knee is not what you're emphasizing. Uh, number five on the list, different holiday traditions. They write here, her family picks up Chinese takeout every Christmas. You're used to a big extravagant meal and a massive gift exchange. Okay, once again, not really what the holidays are supposed to be about, fighting over how right. you celebrate them. You don't do it big enough. You, don't, you do it too big. You should be smaller. You should be, again, putting your emphasis in the wrong things. And the last one on this six is holiday party burnout. Now, if you're, oh, going to so, if you're going to so many holiday parties that you're burned out, again, maybe the holiday sh should not be about 
how many parties you go to. You're already burned out from them? You're done? Uh, I've only been to two parties and I'm already exhausted. I like to stay home. I'm a homebody. When I get to a party, I'm there one hour and I'm like, okay, can we go home now? I want to yeah. go to bed. I, I, I really like to be home. People Christmas parties are almost ex- expected and that becomes an issue, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, But it's nice. You want to be invited someplace because I would be, I would feel awful if all of a sudden I'm looking on social media somewhere and I see pictures of somebody's party and they never invited us. So it's a two-sided thing. Mm-hmm. I want well, to be invited, but yeah. I want to go home. But you don't want to go. <laughs> I, know, but I, don't want I just to go. want to be invited so that I can breeze in and say, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't stay long. I've got to go someplace <laughs> else. Well, so of those six things, you see how none of them are related to the thing that you would actually want to ask Santa for in this magical example of, boy, I could have anything I wanted. And so you shouldn't be surprised that those are things that make you unhappy. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallerati, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. So, all right, what do we do with this? What does make you happy? Well, you heard Maury at the beginning uh, talking about the, uh, the things that, that do not, a car, uh, a, a vacation. Here was the second part of the example of the things that did make him and would make us happy. That is found in doing and creating the things that are important to you and always involves other people for me. You cannot be happy for and by yourself alone. Self-interested, selfish happiness is not happiness. It's not that basic satisfaction. Okay, self-interested, selfish happiness is not happiness from my definition. That's what he just said. That's really wise. Because you think about it, it goes against the whole paradigm of, boy, I got a ton of great Christmas presents this year. That's self-interested happiness. If you think that by stacking up a new MacBook Air, a new iPhone, uh, a, new, a new iPad, a new pair of speakers, and a, and a new turntable, I am happy, you're going to be grossly disappointed because very quickly you're going to get used to those new things as old, and they're not going to make you happy. So right in the very beginning, self-interested happiness is not going to lead to happiness. So, okay, your first emphasis should be on other people. That's Mm -hmm. formula number one. You want to win the battle over the holidays? Stop worrying about what you got, how you feel, why you're not as happy as you should be, and think about, okay, is there a way to make other people happy. There's a reason that so many people go to shelters, homeless shelters, kids centers, poor neighborhoods on Christmas Day and give out presents. I don't think it has just to do with charity. I think it has to do with people trying to find a way to be as happy as they think they should be on the holidays. 
and they're not getting it in their own home. And so they go out to these other places and volunteer because there is something that makes them feel better about the holidays and themselves at that time of year when they're wanting to feel good. It's not just a, yes, I should go help my fellow man. That might be the reason that people get motivated to go do it in the first place, but it's not the reason they keep coming back. And most people who do that once end up doing it annually. I see it in the charities that we operate here in Detroit. At Thanksgiving time, at Christmas time, we're turning away people, turning away volunteers who want to get involved Mm -hmm. in charitable work constantly. And I think it's because of what Maury just said there about self-interested happiness isn't satisfying. And everyone's looking for that that feel-good at the holidays, and they find it more in helping other people. So on the very day or the day before Christmas Eve or Christmas Day when they're actually supposed to be having their own holiday, that's the day that they actually go out and try to volunteer or do something else to have that feeling of happiness that they're not really necessarily getting at home. Now, it's a good thing to go shelters, children's centers, senior centers, and help people. Absolutely. But it also speaks to something that, you know, when the way that we're doing it at home is not really giving us what we want. Part of that is because we're putting such an emphasis of, did you like your presents? Did, did I make you happy with the presents that I gave you? And it's not, never going to deliver that kind of happiness. So we have to That's stop true. looking in that direction. Yeah. And then you actually worry. I sometimes worry after I give somebody something, you know, do they want to take it back? Do they want to return it? I don't, I don't ever put gift receipts in people's packages because here's my thought. If you don't like it, give it to somebody else. You know what I mean? Give it away, re-gift it, give it but to somebody But you don't want them returning it, it to the store and going no, and getting something else? No, don't return it to the store. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Right. If you don't like what I got you, you get nothing. Okay. <laughs> So wait, all that's right. not a very good Christmas spirit, is no, it? No, it isn't. Wouldn't like that. You're you're a Grinch. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, okay, so we've talked about possessions, gifts themselves, not going to make you happy. We've talked about self interest versus other interests and other people. Try to be determined to make someone else happy, but not necessarily with a present. You know that because you're you're hanging your hat on something that is. Very fickle and very uh, individual. I know they're going to love this hat. They're going to love this hat. <laughs> and they don't like hats. <laughs> you know, you gave it to someone who doesn't like hats. <laughs> A hat is not going to, you know, be the difference. But there are so many other ways that you can give of yourself. And, you know, one way is to just be present when you are with that person. And this is something that we lose at the holidays. Why? Because people go so fast and they want to accomplish so much and they want to uh, touch all bases. Then you add in the fact that we live in a fractured society where so many people have divorced homes and the kids have to do Christmas here and Christmas there and go do we would do Christmas Eve with mom's family but we do Christmas day with dad's family and so families are moving about and they're not together mm-hmm. you know in the old mm-hmm. old old days when everybody was sort of home and they weren't racing around Christmas and, and and Hanukkah and all the holidays became a time of year when you were with the people that you loved and when you got past the gift giving stuff you were there was still lots of time 
to eat and to talk and to be present with one another. Nowadays, everybody is racing from one place. We got to drop off the gifts here. We got to drop off the gifts here. I've got my in-laws. I've got my second set of in-laws. I've got my first husband's family, my first wife's family, the kids on this side, the kids on that side. It's like it's like a rat race watching the cars go from house to house to house to house to house. Well, of course, you're not going to give the thing that is most precious at the holidays, and that is time. That is the time that you can actually spend and sit and talk with somebody. If you think about the best holiday memories that you have, most people, anyhow, it's not the day you opened a particular gift and, and wow, I got this present. Most of the time, I bet people don't even remember where they got their possessions from or who gave them to them, you know, unless it was a car. Mm-hmm. So, But you don't ever remember back to that moment of, oh, when I ripped open the wrapping paper and I saw the word Sony on the side, I was so happy. What people <laughs> tend to remember is we had the nicest dinner. We all kind of hung around and we told jokes and we, we had the nicest dinner. Or I got to visit and stay, came by somebody's house. We sat by the fireplace. And before I knew it, we were there for two hours and we were just catching up with one of them. It was the nicest visit. Those are the things that people tend to feel precious about at the holidays. Right. But if An you embrace. don't yeah, but if you don't have you don't leave yourself the time. You set up a paradigm of I'm going to get to this one and this one, I'm going to drop this gift and do this and accomplish this and accomplish that. And and this is all before we go to Disneyland. Then you can't be surprised that you're going to be depressed that the holiday season didn't deliver to you the feeling that you wanted to have. Maury talked about the greatest thing that he could do during his illness for the people who came to visit him was to be present for them. Listen to this. To live in the moment so that you fully appreciate the experience that you're having. That's when you know you're alive. Right now, you and I are talking. I'm experiencing you. Look at your eyes, look at your face. I'm hearing what you say. I'm responding to what you say. I'm fully present with you and with myself. I'm not thinking about what I have to do tomorrow. What I got to do tomorrow, or how, how can I make, well, how I make out yesterday? What did that guy mean when he said that thing yesterday? Uh, yeah. I'm still angry from this other uh, thing. The or... mind is for stuff. Yeah. You got to clear your mind and be really focused on, the, on yourself, the other person, right. what's going on. Now, in Maury's case, suffering from ALS, he could not move. He could not drive. He could not say, I got to go to visit somebody else. I got to go drop off somebody else's Christmas present. In his own weird way, in his own terrible and afflicted way, and yet part of what he called the horrible, wonderful disease, because horrible for all the obvious reasons, wonderful because it gave him time to sort his thoughts and his life and, and to create at least in his last couple years on earth, the priority system, the value system that he had always wanted to live by. And in some cases, when you can't move, you realize, well, what can I do for someone else? And while Maury could not wrap a present for someone, shop for someone, go pick out an electronics device for someone, order it online for someone, couldn't do any of those things, couldn't even really lift the gift to give it, to the person if they were right in front of him. 
But what could he do? He could be present for them. He could sit and focus just on them, as he said. Listen just to them. React and offer advice just for them. Not have other things clicking through his mind, like, I got to call this one, I got to call that one. A timer clock, like, okay, after you know 20 more minutes, I got to go because I got to stop over at the other family's house. I got to go do this. Right there in front of them. And if you could do this, if you could give yourself presently to someone else during the holiday season, particularly someone who might be having a hard time, I think that they would find it the best gift that you gave them. And you would find it the most satisfying gift that you gave them. When I go down to Haiti, as I will this year for New Year's every year, and we celebrate with the kids who never had New Year's before. We have an orphanage in Haiti, for those of you unaware. And there are 50 or so kids uh, there. And we don't have much in the way of gifts that we can give or anything like that. Uh, But we have a little New Year's celebration uh, it consists of getting pizza, which is a big deal, and some That's cups, good. some cups of <laughs> juice, and we have uh, we get little sparklers, which is always amazing to me because in Haiti it's it's hard to find any basic services, and yet I can give one of our older kids five dollars, and in ten minutes he'll come back with a bag of sparklers. <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> it's like, where'd you find that? How do they have those right. in Haiti? Uh, but they have these, you know, cheap little fireworks sparklers. And uh, we light them for the kids. And each one gets to put one in a bed of uh, of dirt. And they make a wish for the new year. And then uh, when the sparkler goes out, when the last of the sparklers go out, that's New Year's for us. And we sing Old Lang Syne. We don't really sing the words. We just sing da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, we don't know the words. And Mm -hmm. then it's over, and it's Happy New Year. But that small tradition of being with the kids and the tradition of the following day where it's just quiet, you know, there's no nothing going on, no business, no school, no anything. And we sit with each of the kids and the different groups of the kids. I have something called the Young Gentlemen's Club, which is all the boys who are 13 and over, and then the Supergirls amazing girls club which is all the girls who are 13 and over and we sit and talk about issues that are important to them you know teenagers and oh, they get great. they get such joy out of that and 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 there's no timer on it it's not all right we have 40 minutes to do this sometimes it's 2 hours that mm-hmm. we just sit and talk about the things that they're thinking about in their life and they ask questions and how do you know when you're going to be in love and uh you know what's going to happen when we go to college and all these, you know, things that matter to them at their age. But the fact that I just sit there and that there's no timer that can ask as many questions as they want, you can see when we're done how pleased they are, how satisfied, how content they are, how, you know, there's a smile on their faces that just, they're just happy. And I think if people can learn to give of themselves time-wise to the other people in their life at the holiday season, they'll be a lot happier. You know, if you really want to talk about the best gift that you can give, it might just be to sit and spend time with your mother, your father, your in-laws, your sister, your cousins, whoever it is that you're so busy racing around trying to find something that they're going to like. 
instead of just sitting and saying, you know what, what's going on with you? Tell me what's going on. Let's let's not have a rushed conversation. Here's a cup of coffee. Here's a little eggnog. Here's we got to turn on the fireplace. Let's just sit and talk. That's a great gift. The last thing, and it shouldn't be last. We should have done this in reverse order, but it's on the list. So what is one of the biggest battles that people have over the holidays? Verbal battles, theoretical and, and intellectual battles. Where is God in the holiday? Mm-hmm. How often do you hear, this doesn't even feel like Christmas. All we're doing is shopping. And then the battles start over, we should be in church. This should just be about God. There shouldn't be any presence. You know, Hanukkah is about a miracle of lights, a, a miracle when God saved, you know, came, came and, and provided a, a miracle to show his faith in the Jewish people when the temple had been destroyed. We're not even talking about that. We're just talking about, oh, I got a present on the third night and a present on the fourth night and a present on the fifth night. And this becomes another battle at the holiday. Mm-hmm. Where is God? Where is faith? Where is our religious practice? So many people who are involved in, in both of the major holidays at this time spend so little of that time on anything having to do with faith. And then they wonder why they feel so empty. Nowhere in the New Testament does Jesus say on, on my birthday, you need to go to Best Buy at four o'clock and get the best big screen television that you can get. And nowhere in the uh, history of the Maccabees uh, and the, uh, in, in Judaism do they say, now that we got enough light and that the oil is lasting for eight nights, you know what we ought to do? Let's shop. <laughs> okay, That never right. came up. So somewhere along the way, the gift giving took over the reason for the holiday. And you don't need me, if you're a Christian, to tell you what the holiday is supposed to be about. But it starts to become a fight between members of a family, sometimes members of a marriage, where one party says, I just want to go to church, and I just want this to be about the birth of Jesus, and I don't want to get caught up in the commercialism. And the other person says, you know, that's ridiculous, and you have this time of year, and it's not just about that, and we should do And now you have a battle a battle over the holidays, which I think is pretty much the last thing Jesus would have wanted on his birthday. Right, was, yeah. You know, well, good, let's, have, let's fight for Jesus' birthday, okay. So, God, you need to have, you need to come to an understanding, and it's not for me, I'm not a religious cleric, and I'm not, I am not qualified, nor would I feel comfortable giving advice as to how much of the holiday you're supposed to devote to the faith-based part of it. But I do know that you need to make peace with that, and you need to have an understanding with your, with your spouse, with your family, that these holidays were not created for the sole purpose of commercialism or the sole purpose of just buying stuff for people, and that an element of the divine is kind of necessary if you really want to understand what the time of year is about, and if you really want to keep it in some kind of perspective. Now, Maury and I had a lot of conversations about God. Maury had been raised Jewishly. Then he became what he called an agnostic in the middle part of his life, meaning that he couldn't sort of wrap his arms around the idea of an all-powerful being, even though he didn't eschew religion. He identified as Jewish more culturally, I think, than religiously. And then 
interestingly, when he was hit with ALS, he began to change his mind and move a little bit more towards the divine. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. This is too harmonious, grand, and overwhelming a universe to believe that's all accident. And the mystery of life and death, where you have a sperm and an egg, you have the right environment, you get life. You have the wrong environment, you get nothing. It's all mysterious. Mm -hmm. So you have to wonder what goes on. And maybe our little minds can't grasp the grandiosity. Now, it's interesting to me that as Maury got closer to the actual end of his life, he got more spiritual. He believed more in something bigger than us here. And I think there's a lesson in that. When we really are focused on the brevity of life and how it's not going to go on forever. And in Maury's case, he didn't know if this was going to be his last week or his last month. Um, Suddenly, all things like possessions don't mean a thing. And things like what's next and where do I fit in this world and is there something beyond this world are everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, why should they not be everything when we think we're young enough and healthy enough that we're going to have a long time to go. We don't know. The day after Christmas could be our last day. Right. The eighth night of Hanukkah could be the last time we ever light a candle. We don't know. So why wait until you get a death diagnosis to bring majesty and faith and God into your life if it was always kind of part of who you were anyhow? And I think that that holds true for the holidays. If you are able to remember the part that God and faith plays in the background of the holidays and keep some perspective on that, you won't get lost in all the commercialism. You won't get lost in all the hubbub or racing around or parties or things that people fight about because you would have your eye on the bigger meaning of what was going on. But we lose sight of that so much. I mean, it's become such a common refrain, you know, especially at Christmas time. People don't even remember what Christmas is about. And then people go to church and are kind of told this is the season is about the birth of Jesus and the beginning of Christianity and and not about presents. And then they go home and they give out a million presents, you know. So (laughs) you have to. (laughs) Right. You have to understand what it is that the holidays are about, or at least what it is you're looking for. Listen to this uh, quote from Maury. But my friend the other day quoted me something which was very telling. He said, this is God speaking. You would not be seeking me if you had not already found me. It means that you don't look for something unless you believe it's there. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to that. That is... I think in reference to a very famous uh, line, uh, you know, from Jesus about uh, console yourself, you would not seek me if you had not found me. So the seeking of God in the holidays is not a bad search. And if you can keep that as part of your perspective, 
I think you'll have a happier time during the holidays and certainly a lot less battling. Okay, so to sum everything up, we've agreed that if we got to sit on Santa's knee, the things that we would really ask to make our world happy would not be the things that we actually are going out and buying for one another. So we've already got a dichotomy going there. So how do you make your holidays more about what you really would ask for if you had the power to change the world and less about the things that cause fights and battles and arguments? So one is to take the emphasis off of the possessions and recognize that the size of the gift, the amounts of the gift, the quantities of the gift are not what matter, not in terms of what you give, and also not in terms of what you get. So, Lisa, you got the little belt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the stomach. Maybe that's stomach not the smartest belt. thing for a husband to give a wife. <laughs> it's kind of hard to defend that one. But let's say it was just something smaller than a MacBook Air. Well, the whole thing's not supposed to be about presence anyhow. And so don't get all wrapped up. Sorry for the pun. No pun intended. In what you unwrap. <laughs> that's a, that's There's right. a little aphorism. Don't get wrapped up in what wrapped you unwrap. Oh, that's right? a good one. Do not get wrapped up in what you unwrap. All right, so keep that. <laughs> number number two, uh, time and giving of your, your, your presence and spending time at the holidays when people aren't working to actually be with somebody, talk with somebody, listen to somebody for length of time, visit with them without ripping something open and then moving on your way. That is a precious thing. I have the aphorism, your presents are your presents. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh All right. Your presence is your present. (laughs) Okay. And number three, uh, if you are a person of faith, then inject the proper amount of faith and God into the holiday and keep that as your perspective. Keep that as your balance and allow that to sort of guide you. And and maybe we won't get so misdirected at the holidays and we won't end up wondering what did I just go through or coming out of it and saying, I'm so glad they're over. Because it's a shame to go into a season that should celebrate a lot of good things and come out of it saying, thank God that's over with. Right. I don't really think that that's what we should be doing. So with that, hopefully... We won't have the statistic that 45% of people dread the holiday season now, according to a Psychology Today poll from not too long ago. We shouldn't dread what's about to happen here in these holidays. We should embrace them. But if we embrace the right things about them, I think we'll be a lot happier. So hopefully that will win the war over the holidays for you, and uh, it'll be a peaceful win not a bloody win. No one right. will go down, you know, you won't have a body count. And uh, we, want to, we want to wish everybody a great holiday season here. Uh, we've enjoyed uh, this early beginning of the Tuesday People podcast. It's been very enjoyable to, to get to know a lot of people around the world and to find our listeners and to see the audience growing for it and to see people coming uh, to the book Tuesdays with Maury, to my new book, Finding Chica, which has a lot of similar lessons. I've met a lot of people out on the road who have said to me uh, while I was talking about Finding Chica, boy, this this book really kind of goes hand in hand with Tuesdays with Maury. And I said, yeah, 20 years later, 
uh, I was suddenly, you know, getting a second education in what's important in life, only this time from a five-year-old instead of a 78-year-old man. And you can learn from anybody about what's important in life. And hopefully we're getting to share some of those same lessons with you here as well. So, Lisa, have a very happy holiday. A Merry you Christmas well, to Mitch. you. And uh, we will be here for just ahead of New Year's with a show about resolutions. And uh, if you're really going to make a resolution for something for the new year, set it up so that you're not going to break it within two weeks and set it maybe yeah. as something a little bit more significant than five pounds lost, or as your belt could have done for you many years <laughs> ago, apparently. Yeah. I've already, I've already um, screwed up my resolution. <laughs> I'm not you even haven't even made it yet. <laughs> I know. Well, you get you get to I've unscrew it and make it. another one because it's not January first yet. I Some know. details for also, our audience. Yeah. Yeah, we want to tell uh, let everybody know our our Tuesday people community group on Facebook is growing by leaps and bounds every day. We're getting you know fifty or sixty new members, which is so awesome. So please keep coming to the Tuesday people group on Facebook. Um, it's a great place to talk about the shows after the shows. You know, we'd like to talk about whatever topics. You can pose questions for us as well. And our Tuesday People storyline, call us with questions that you might have about the show, any questions you might have that you would have asked Maury, that you would like to ask Mitch, 248-621-4701, 248-621-4701. And you can do that any time, right? Yeah, anytime, 24-7. The hotline is right. open. And then uh, coming in the new year, we're going to be incorporating your voices into the show, those questions. And even we're going to schedule a timing where you can call in on a particular topic that we know that we're going to be discussing in the future. And I will be there to answer the call and we'll have a discussion and we'll incorporate that into our show. So uh, that's our New Year's resolution, uh, one of them, that we're going to become even more present and more available for you to, uh, to speak with us. And yeah, if you want to talk about the holidays or during this period of time, the Tuesday People community on Facebook is a great way to do that because you'll find a lot of people share common thoughts with you. That's what the point of the Tuesday People community is. Tuesday People, by the way, came as a result of when I first went to visit Maury. It was a Tuesday, and then he said, you want to come back next week? And I said, well, how about next Tuesday? He said, how about the next Tuesday after that and the one after that? And I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And when I started coming on all those Tuesdays, he said, we're Tuesday people, you and me, Tuesday people. And so uh, we're extending that definition to all of you around the world. And we're happy to uh, call you our new friends and be part of uh, Maury's never-ending classroom. So uh, on behalf of Lisa Goich, uh, until we see you next week in time for New Year's, have a great holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. All the holidays that are coming up. And try to keep some perspective. Keep some happiness. And remember, holidays are supposed to be joyous. Let's find the joy in them. And uh, we'll talk to you next week here on Tuesday People. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.